On Aviation Podcast. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hope you're doing great this week. Uh, this is On Aviation. I'm Daniel, and I'm with Orlando, my co-host. Orlando, how's it going so far? I mean, pretty good, my friend. Pretty good, pretty good. A pretty busy week. Is the week done yet? It's just Wednesday, huh? Crazy. Yeah. Lots going on. We're super busy, super busy, but we're really excited to come and bring to the folks another podcast. Definitely. Yes. Yep. Uh, this week we're going to be looking into some exciting stuff. Uh, last year we took a little bit. Uh, we we took a look at air taxis. Um, there was some sort of um, development on it. Uh, I think uh, I, w- I was not sure if it was some sort of hype about it, and and I'm not sure if it, this was like something experimental. There were talks of having air taxis available uh, uh, for service uh, on across some cities. And it looks like things are happening. So last year we had some companies um, in aviation gather funds um, for uh, putting together the uh, air taxis to make them available for the public. Um, So we had also the Air Force uh, putting together a contract, a $142 million contract uh, with Archer Aviation to uh, so that you know the, these aircrafts are available to the air force, but then uh, this year it seems like things are getting a little bit serious, and I think this is something that is pretty much obvious. Dubai is always ahead with stuff; like they're always trying new stuff. They're always ahead with, and you know it's, it's pretty much obvious they have the money for it. They're always trying stuff, and um, it seems like uh, W Aviation um, are expected to manufacture all electric aircraft and, and in agreement with Dubai's Road and Transport uh, Authority to launch air taxi services in the Emirates by early 2026. And what I'm thinking in my head right now is uh, this is something that's happening in Dubai. I know Dubai is really good with like experimenting stuff, um, but is this something that would really be feasible in the US? I think this is something in New York right now would be really great uh given the terrible amount of tra- there's terrible traffic in new york the traffic in la is getting really bad um and we're getting to notice that uh no no one likes to pay to uh use the roads either and uh, I, i'm not sure if now that's like a good excuse to use an air taxi but orlando what do you think about this is this something that if applied in the u.s would be something that people would actually get into that would spend money on using? You know, that's a good question. I think the most important thing to think about is what are the incentives for people to use such a service? Okay, reliability, safety, and affordability, right? And I think if we have reliability, safety, and affordability, people will jump into that stuff. You talked a little bit about the Arab Emirates, right? Dubai. And yeah, they have a crown prince, so they don't need to go to the people all the time and ask them what we need to do so they can, you know, there's no debate most of the time about it. The next thing is, so their bureaucracy is a little bit different. The next thing is that the Arab Emirates knows that after a certain time, their uh, reserves, oil reserves are going to be running out. And reserves simply means the amount of oil available to you 
currently with current technologies, right? So it doesn't mean that you have it in a can somewhere, put sit down, right? And so they realize that they're running out of that stuff, so they have to find new ways of making money. So they've made themselves the, the, the technology and business hub. And you notice that a lot of the Bitcoin conferences and all the economic conferences are happening in Dubai, right? You notice a lot of the stuff are happening in Dubai, such as even global geopolitical activities are happening in Dubai. They're trying to make themselves a central um, place for all these things. So that's a super important thing. To your question now is that, is this something for the United States? Absolutely it is. The problem is our regulations are super strong and it caused things to move a little bit slower, right? So we talk about New York, New York has so much regulations. You probably won't see that kind of stuff happening in New York as much. But the other places too, some parts of Texas, some, some parts of California, people will try that stuff out and see how it works. Californians tend to like new technology, and so we may see that as well. But it's definitely something that would work if it's reliable, safe, and affordable. And I think people are actually excited about the technology. People feel that, people believe that if they can get in an air taxi and go where they're going to go, it's a lot faster than dealing with traffic. But just bear in mind that over time, just like with our airspace now, it can become congested. Because even though it is not two-dimensional like a road, it is somewhat three-dimensional in a sense, there's still limited space. And there's going to be rules about right-of-way in the air and all that good stuff and dealing with other aircraft as well. So there's a lot to do, a lot to come there. Dubai has been trying this for a while now. For years now, they've been, they've been experimenting with, with eVTOLs for uh, police work. Um, they've been trying it out. But let's see how it works now. Let's see how it works. But to answer your question, yes, 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 yes. Folks in America would appreciate, some folks, not all, but some folks would appreciate um, the ability to jump to jump in a in a human sized drone and fly around a joystick. It's a lot of folks, especially uh, younger folks, would like that stuff as well. Well, in my head right now, I'm just thinking through uh, like okay, there's one one article that I went through uh, the other day on air taxis um, uh, being set up in Houston, and uh, they're pretty much saying they're pretty much explaining how Houston is growing in population. Um, but they not not only like dive into that. Uh, they said now there's if there's going to be an increasing need, it's probably going to lead to. I think they're forecasting it being profitable, and it mentioned that the air taxi market is forecasted to reach 1.5 trillion globally by 2040. Do you think that's reasonable? Like I mean, this is something very new, um, and 2040 is not that far to be honest, and. and I'm not sure how uh, this would gain value that fast, uh, depending on how like it adapts differently across the world. You know, that's very funny, my friend, because we were just having a conversation earlier about how <laughs> Silicon Valley and uh, venture and uh, company startups always value their product. They're going to overvalue it, right? They're going to say it's trillions of dollars, right? Is it that so? No, there's no trillion of dollars. Right? I don't even believe the aviation industry in America is a trillion dollars. It's not even that large. So, and it's going to be it, the the commercial airline industry is moving way more people than the air taxis can because it's just mean that the, each airline move more people than a single air taxi. So, it's not going to be you no know, three trillion. I, I well market cap maybe market capitalization, but market capitalization don't equal book value. All right, it doesn't equal actual assets and cash flow. Right? Market cap is what everyone believes that it's gonna that it's worth paying for the stock or whatever. But when it comes to the actual 
book value and the actual cash flow. I don't think it's going to reach to that level. But I believe that there's something there that we should look at. There's some alternatives there. I doubt that this thing will replace trains. It won't replace regular aircraft and it will not replace cars. Aircraft has become so ubiquitous in the skies in all shapes and sizes and the amount of vehicle usage has continued to rise each year. So it's just another way of doing things. So I'll, when, I, when we see these predictions, we just have to look at them for what they are and take them with a grain of salt, especially because, you know, we are entrepreneurs ourselves, especially when it's coming from an entrepreneur. No shades thrown here, entrepreneurs, because we are we're, we're entrepreneurs ourselves. But we can tell you that we always want to make sure our fish seems like the best fish at the fish market. Right. So we just got to put that out there right right now. We, we've heard of a politician that got into trouble because he made his property seem larger than it usually is. And all this stuff, even though the bank didn't lose any money and a whole bunch of stuff happening there. But it's just go back to say that it's good. It's it's a nice tactic to draw investor in the space when you can say it's going to be worth tens of billions or trillions of dollars in the next 20 years. A number that no one can fully, really, truly calculate, but if you use the right language, it can seem plausible and, and gin up some excitement. That's all I got to say about that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, there was uh, one time, uh, I'm not sure if you remember, and I think this is still there. It still exists, but Uber Helicopter. And I think they uh, acquired a company. There's another company they acquired that used to run helicopters. Back then, they were trending like a luxury like it's it's like how you you know instead of taking uber x you're paying for uber black shockingly like it's not even that long ago like i think it was this was last year yes if you wanted to take an uber in new york it would give you additional options and it would give you the helicopter options and i was shocked to see that the prices were not as high as i thought like if you took a if you took an Uber from Jamaica to somewhere in New Jersey, it would be like uh, because of traffic or whatever, it would be like sixty seventy dollars. And if you take an Uber helicopter from one point to another, they said uh, it, the fare would come up to a hundred and twenty something dollars, which was shocking. Um, so I'm now like seeing the difference because this was much ex much much more expensive pretty much when it launched, but. Now it's not, uh, it doesn't look, it is, it is fun. It's just something that you want to, you know, get, you, you totally want to do. And it's a benefit for those who actually would want to hop in a ride and helicopter ride and pay for that. But I'm thinking now in terms of the business, how is this profitable for Uber? And I'm sure like Uber has had a hard time being in profit for a long time. And so now I'm now thinking like air taxis coming in. I don't think it's going to be any different. Seems lustrous from from you know from our point of view, but then again, it's uh, it, it's heading in the same direction as pretty much where other air travel businesses uh, do head to. You know, the airlines have not been profitable for a long time. It's only a few airlines that have been profitable, so I'm not seeing how this is going to be worth one point something trillion in just a couple of years in the, in a decade. But yeah, Orlando, what, uh, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, that's very important right there, man. You said it right. When Uber had the helicopter, it was in Dubai for a little bit, and they had it in Dubai as well, on the helicopter thing. And the fact that the price for driving a helicopter is just either 50% or 100% more, 
shows you that Uber, Uber may be subsidizing the helicopter cost. It's extremely expensive to operate a helicopter. Any helicopter pilot will tell you, and any student who's learned to become a helicopter pilot or anyone who flies helicopters will tell you, it is ridiculously expensive. For example, to rent a regular Cessna 172, it can cost anywhere from $150 an hour to $210 an hour, depending on the quality of the aircraft and how new or avionics and so on. A helicopter, you're in the 300 bucks and over. It's expensive. So the fact that it's so cheap on Uber, it means that they're subsidizing it as a marketing gimmick or a marketing ploy to get other people to use the rest of the, rest of the service. If, if we need it, we can get Uber. So I rock with Uber because we can get helicopter if we want type deal. You see, it's expensive. It's super expensive. And so I'm not sure that's sustainable. You touched on a point, though. Of will this be the same for the air taxis? Now, it will be the same if the cost structure of operations are the same. And the cost can come in the form of, like the helicopter fuel cost is expensive, maintenance cost is expensive. It can come in that form if, if the air taxis, eVTOL, which their vertical takeoff and landing vehicles, just like a helicopter, is a VTOL, right? The eVTOL, vertical takeoff and landing, e electrical. If we realize that it's difficult to maintain, and it shouldn't be difficult to maintain, you're dealing with structures and motors. So there's not a lot of wicked moving parts you have to worry about, except for some of these guys like Joby and these guys. They have some really crazy articulating things that you know make the wing turn into a helicopter-looking thing, and then when it's when it's flying, it goes forward almost like the Osprey from the Marines, right? I think they call it a V-22. So there's a, there's some moving parts there, but if the cost is the same, then they're going to run into the same problem. If the cost can be controlled, then we may run into another problem, which also is a cost. But the cost is going to be time. The time is charging. How soon can you charge this air taxi for it to be back in there working like that, right? When you go, when you have a taxi, you just go to the gas pump, you put the thing in it, and you're good to go. It takes you a couple of minutes to fill up, and then you're gone. But if you have to wait, you know, 20 minutes to charge, not 20 minutes, but 20 minutes to an hour to charge, and we're talking about fast charge here, where you're charging from 20% to 80%, which means that you're only using 60% of the battery, so you don't have much range. So that's where the cost could come in. You're not using all the range in the batteries, and because you're not using all the range in the batteries, you're not getting all the usage, the utilization out of the resource itself, the, the, the air taxi itself, and then you're spending a lot of time charging. So that's where the cost could be. The battery technology is not there yet, right? So if you notice, a lot of these companies are moving to government contracts, contracts with states, right? Because they have to find a way to subsidize the development, to keep the development going, to get to the level where the private sector will accept it. Right? In its current form, it probably wouldn't work out for the private sector because the price point that they have to charge the regular c customer is going to be too high. Because remember that they're not competing. People think that this thing is going to be competing with aircraft. No, they're competing with cars. Right? And Southwest was the one that kind of taught me that in a way that when Southwest started their business, their low-cost carrier based on Pacific Southwest idea from, from the West Coast, because back then, because you have the cab system, you couldn't operate in different states. You had one state, one area you operate, you can't move to Southwest. Started in Texas as a low-cost carrier. Pacific Southwest was in, in, in Southern California. I believe they were ap operating out of San Diego, right? And so they used that same model. And Southwest decided, Herb Callahan and those guys, they decided they're going to compete not with aircraft, but with cars, right? That's what they competed with. That's what air taxi has to compete with, cars, right? 
And so if you're competing with cars, where would this make more sense? Definitely L.A., because your car is sometimes useless in L.A., right? So it makes sense. That's why you notice that a lot of the buzz and hype around this thing is big cities, congested cities, right? like some places in like Houston um, and certain places in Texas that are becoming more and more congested, so congested cities. But when it comes to other travel, it may not be that viable. So if they're going to tell us that it's going to be one point something trillion dollars, how many big cities going to be? How much vehicles can you move in a big city like that to make it that big when you're avoiding the rest of the place? So that's something we got to think about as well. But yeah, I, I think the cost structure is super, super important. And that's something we should think about on that cost structure, because if the cost is similar to what's happening with helicopters. It's not going to go too far. It's going to be a novelty item, just like how 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 ele commercial helicopter was a big thing in the 70s until we had, I think it was Pan Am had an helicopter crash somewhere, and then they people started avo avoiding it, right? Um, just like how we're seeing these, some sometimes we see these driverless taxis getting into accidents, or one driverless taxi was set up on by fire by rioters, and what happened is that the fire truck was coming and, the, and another driverless taxi was in the way and didn't know to get out of the way to give the fire, didn't let the fire truck pass. All right. So we'll see some of these things. Of course, that can be worked out with, you know, you know, programming some 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 whiz kids are going to figure it out. Uh, but that's the same idea of ensuring that this thing is viable for the long run and not just a buzz and hype, because some people will make some money in, in the interim. But if it's not sustainable, then we don't know. And the next thing that we noticed that a lot of EV tiles are being ordered by military. Um, I'm not sure outside of a drone work, you know, uh, I'm not sure how much of that they're gonna um, gonna be able to use for the long term because the batteries just and the batteries are so big. The big predator drones and those drones that we have using right now, they're not powered by electric electronics. They're powered by fuel, right? They're 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 powered by a lot of these things are powered by fuel. So that's just what it is. That's my point. And my point is just can we maintain the cost? And if the cost cannot be maintained, then this thing is not viable to their one point whatever trillion dollars that everyone is that they're buzzing and hyping about to get some investment in there. That's just my thought on my friend. Awesome, Orlando. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see this as profitable to be honest, but uh, only time will tell. We'll we'll see once uh, once it picks up in the U.S. Hopefully after all the mess on, on the regulations goes through. But yeah, thanks everyone for listening in. Um, I am your host Daniel and Orlando, and we are going to post this pretty much on every platform. You can listen to all our previous podcasts as well um, on any uh, platform out there. Pretty much all of them or most of them. Feel free to, re uh, to uh, reach out to us uh, through the comments. Give us your thoughts. Tell us what you think. And yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. Any final thoughts, Orlando? That's it for us, my friend. Thank you so much, everyone. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye.